As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Sif Pop Podcast is recorded in front of a live internet audience. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast where if you don't like it, maybe it's because it's actually a deep, meaningful metaphor and you just don't understand. It's Sif Pop. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Sif Pop, streaming live on Mixler every Friday afternoon or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. I'm Aaron Dicer from YourMovieFriend.com. And each week, I'll be joined by a pop culture guru to chat about movies, television, whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And welcome. Hey. It's Roper it from All Tower Media. Yeah. That's what I'm here for. How you doing, man? I'm pretty good. Yeah. Just it, been working. I'm switching jobs again. <laughs> it's always fun. <laughs> I got job a, changes are fun. So got, are moves, by got, the way. I, got a, I moved. I got a new apartment. Oh, wow. I got a new job. Uh, I start that on Monday. You know, Wow. I, I got all sorts of stuff going on right now. Uh, we're taking on all court, kinds of new angles for Altair Media, trying to get new content and things of that nature up and release to people. It's just Wow. Yeah, it's it's been a lot. <laughs> <laughs> to say the very least, it's been a lot. Uh, I love how um, I love how I just pointed at you for the patrons get perks and you like knew exactly what to do. That's well, that's yeah. one of my favorite things. <laughs> See, okay, so like you know, um, I, I'm one of those people that whenever I record a show, I don't, I don't know about you, but uh, when I record one of my shows, I'll spend mm-hmm. three hours on it because it'll take yeah. an hour to record it, and then I edit it for an hour, and then I listen to the final cut, and it's about an hour long. Right. So I listen to all my stuff. Well, anytime I see anything pop up for anything over it. Uh, Flick Freaks or over at my Geek sure, Point sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. or over on uh, the other show that I'm on. for Our nice little family of community yeah. of pop culture people. Well, I listen to everybody. And so I listen to Andrew all the time. Go, Patrick, good purse. <laughs> That's right. I'm like, yeah. Uh, I know what to do. We talked about Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. Uh, her career as well as some other things during the Patreon pre-show. So if you are a supporter of this podcast, first, thank you so much. Uh, starts at three bucks a month and we appreciate that. But you'll find that directly in your personal podcast feed. Uh, that you get when you're a patron. So uh, you can hear that conversation as well as all the other fun stuff that we talked about. Um, we're going to get into some interesting movies today, uh, Roper. Yes. This is going to be fun. It's definitely going to be something. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, of course, do uh, our buried treasure at the end. We've got a sift quest that we're going to go on uh, about uh, movie theater um, pet peeves. Pet peeves. And that should be fun. I almost, I almost called it Quarks. Quirks? Quirks. Yeah. yeah. Well, if movie theater quirks are some of my pet peeves. Right, right, <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Right. Uh, and, uh, of course, we'll, uh, we're going to review a couple movies, too. So we've got It that we're going to review because I haven't had a chance to talk publicly about that yet. Ugh. We're going to review Mother, the Darren Aronofsky film, yeah. which is getting 
all sorts of different kind of reactions. Uh, yeah. And understandably so. I mean, I didn't know what to think walking into it. And yeah. then I got there and I'm like, all right. And you just hope that you know kind of <laughs> what to think walking out of it. Yep. And I'm not sure we do, but we'll talk about that here in a bit. Uh, but first, we're going to take a look at some Do We Care. I'm going to throw out some pop culture headlines, and uh, we'll decide if we care to talk more about them. Pretty sure we're going to care about this first one. J.J. Abrams is directing Episode Nine. It is official. Do We Care? Ooh, yeah. Yeah, I know they were. the rumors were there for a while, but they made it official, I think, yesterday or the day before. And um, he's also going to kind of co-write it, too. He's going to you know write uh, into some of the stuff that Ryan Johnson has already done and Kind of, uh, I'm, take, I'm okay with that. Oh, I'm so good with this. Yeah, this makes me really happy. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, some camera flares here and there, but yeah, I mean, it, it'll be it'll <laughs> be good. Not, he doesn't do that as much as he used to. <laughs> he, what know. did you think about uh, about seven? What did you think about? I the... I really liked it. Yeah, I really did. Uh, my my brother, I'd call him my brother. I've known him since I was in like the fourth grade, but mm-hmm. uh, he's my adopted family. He he didn't particularly care for it. What was it? Was it the fact that it was kind of just like a new hope? Because that's what I hear the most. No, his was uh, his hangup was with uh, BB-8. What? Yeah, BB-8's great, right? (laughs) Well, he okay. So he he looked at it and was he kept he. This is what he always tells me. He says that uh, essentially it it's just a cartoon character that's been added to it that's non-essential and yeah. I I don't know. Uh, I think that well, that's kind of what comic relief is a lot of times. Exactly. Uh, but it, I think that character has some you know oh, essential yeah. elements to it. Oh yeah, and of course you know uh, he had this whole argument about um, you know the the droids in that universe and you know they're programmed a certain way, and then we had to have this whole discussion on artificial intelligence. Oh and nice. It, it got really deep really fast, and <laughs> you know, oh man, and, and and of course it like developed. I mean, it, it spun off into. Um, you know, even uh, uh, Star Wars Rebels, the, mm-hmm. the, the animated series, sure, was, yeah, yeah. You know, all that stuff, which I really um, enjoy, by the way. Oh, it's super good. There's a yeah. whole episode where R two D two and C three PO are going to like a spa, <laughs> and I'm like, this right here, this yes. is this is why I they live be- in this world. Yes. This is why they behave the way they do. These are these are not just robots. These are you know artificial intelligence. Yeah. That's, there's a difference there. That's yeah. why they're able to behave the way they are. It's why these things. Arla. And of course, he has arguments about it and all that good stuff. That's but that's his take. I loved it. Yeah, just like I liked uh, Rogue One, even though basically all the characters that are in it are all throwaway characters. And typically, I don't like throwaway characters. But I wouldn't I, say that. But I think I know where you're going with right, it. Right. Okay. So the the overall story itself, right, contributes mean, to everything. But right. even within that, there were characters that are just kind of tossed aside. Sure. Um. You know. But they further the plot. I, I'm all about a good story. You're telling yeah, me you're telling exactly. me a good story. I'm all on board with it. And to you know find this little this little pigeonhole that's right there between these movies and go. There's an entire story that's right here from basically a single line. Yeah, that's, that's from. You know, I the love that. Films. I loved it. It was yeah. great. It was great. Opens and closes nicely. Everything about it's fantastic. It was just a great story. For as much uh, as much behind the scenes issues as we've seen with the Star Wars franchise, uh, you know, with Kathleen Kennedy, you know, kind of pulling the strings and, and making sure to steward it the way she thinks it should be stewarded, right. even when it means removing a director or bringing in a director to help a director or whatever. As much of the behind the scenes stuff, I, uh, what's on the screen, I've loved. Oh yeah. Like, and until that changes. I'm not worried. I'm not going to be upset because what they're putting on the screen is actually something I'm really enjoying being a part of. Exactly. You know, and we were talking about uh, way back. I remember early, early on, whenever you know Disney first took over Marvel, 
as far as Marvel Studios yeah. goes and stuff they're putting out, and and as far as uh, Star Wars, everybody's really worried about that. And then I and then you know I think it was my friend Sean for Geek Point oh, um, he immediately was like he dismissed it. He was like, "Here's the thing, you guys aren't thinking about Disney loves money. And they're not going to put out something <laughs> bad." Okay, so I'm like, "All right, that's that's fair." Uh, you're right. They're not going to put out something that's yeah. just junk just to get a couple of bucks. It doesn't typically work like that. If they're going to put something out there, normally it's it's okay. Well, and that's the beauty of an expanded universe, too, is the pressure is on them to keep it good. Exactly. Otherwise, people stop going to the movies. As long as they can keep the movies good, they've got a cash cow. Oh, exactly. Those Star Wars movies every year are going to make billions of dollars for them unless the quality suffers. And there is so much content available to them. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a good thing. I think JJ will do a great job. He's one of my favorites, so I'm I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see episode eight oh, here yeah. soon. We're getting close. I know it's coming up. Like I keep looking at the calendar, going, what, "What's the next movie this week?" Oh my goodness, it's like you know, Blade Runner is the next one. I'm like, yeah, they're yeah. starting. Yeah, the holiday season is. We're on the cusp of being oh, yeah. to that. You know, that nice getting through the the drudgery of of September. Although I wouldn't call these two movies we're going to review today no. drudgery. Yeah, they were. So, they were pretty good. So we'll uh, we'll get into that. Uh, here's number two. Game of Thrones to film multiple endings to avoid spoilers getting out. Do we care? I mean, yes and no. Okay. So the reason yes and no is I I'm behind on Game of Thrones as of right now, unfortunately. But that's you know part of moving and all that good stuff. How far <laughs> behind are you? Uh, I'm about halfway through this last season. Oh, so you don't know that? I'm just kidding. Yeah, I, I was I was going to spoil is, for you. The difference is, is that I don't mind spoilers. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so because and and that's kind of part of my philosophy. Whenever I'm doing you know spoiler cast for us, is you know, um, someone has seen it. I'll, yeah. I, I mean, if I went and saw the movie yesterday, and we do the the show the very next day, someone has seen that. Yeah. And they want to talk about it, and they want to discuss that, and that's why I'm okay with the with doing it that way. Because if you want to turn tune in to a show called Spoilercast, then you know what you're in for, right? I mean, I mean, sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of like listening to the spoiler portion of this show, right? Yeah, when you listen you, to the spoiler episode, we let you know we're you just going to talk about stuff. You know what you're getting into whenever yeah. it's like this is the topic we're going to talk about it, and it's called spoiler. So yeah, you know it's kind of a given. But with this, I think that um, by by filming multiple avenues, multiple releases, I think more or less what you're going to end up getting is people trying to get their hands on the alternate endings. Yeah. Um, that's what excites me. Actually. I, I want to know what, what else they're going to shoot. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's, that's because each one of them could set a whole different tangent on where things could go. Right. I think that that would be, I think that's more fascinating than the fact that they're doing it to prevent from spoilers. I'm kind of with you there. Absolutely. That's just, that's how my weird brain works. It could be like the movie. You remember clue? You remember the movie yeah. Clue that actually released with different endings? Yeah. Be like that. Yeah, exactly. You know, pick <laughs> just your different different time zones get uh, different endings to Game of Thrones. <laughs> How crazy! So which would, which that one would be, did you see? That would be, I think, that would be the worst reviewed finale <laughs> because of that decision. Since David Simon went to a black screen on The Sopranos, you know what yeah. I mean? Like it's just like that it, would mess with the audience. So, like, what's the real ending? No one would know. It's just it's just pick your own ending, whatever suits oh, you the best. Man. Oh, that would be awful. That I would. think I think that uh, because people oh that would just throw fan theory into an mm-hmm. entire loop. Everybody just be like, well, this is the ending. It's like, no, it's I got not. the one where Tyrion and Arya eloped. Yeah, Which one did you well, get? I, I got uh, I got the the one where you know John takes over the entire world and then <laughs> you know he becomes uh, a, a White Walker king and you know it's what? Yeah, I th- that would be a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right, here's the last one. Uh, and I'm just going to preface this by saying I supremely care about this, okay. even though maybe not everybody does. Jim Carrey and Michelle Gondry to do a Showtime TV series together. Okay, so I love Jim Carrey. Yeah. <laughs> do you know who Gondry is? Uh, Director of Eternal Sunshine and Spotless yeah, yeah, Mind, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which Jim Carrey was in as well. Yeah. So they're doing a TV series on Showtime. I don't know a ton about it. Um, Interesting. Uh, other than Jim Carrey is going to star in it, which okay. that... It's me so excited because I'm such a huge Jim Carrey fan. I haven't, I can't think of the last, I mean, aside from way back when. It's and been a while. Like in Living Color yeah. for a TV series. and that, Oh, I for mean, TV. Yeah, but it's been a while even since he's been in a, you in know, a, a major film. Yeah. I mean, he he helped produce the, um, I think it was called I'm Dying Up Here. There was a show about uh, stand-up yeah, comedy yeah, 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 that yeah. I think he helped produce, but he, I mean, he wasn't in it. And he is just such an interesting dude. Have you seen the thing going around about his interview at the Fashion Awards? No. Okay, so you have to watch this uh, okay. at some point. But basically, he comes up to an interviewer on the red carpet at these Fashion Awards. And he's he's kind of walking around her in, a, in like a strange way. And she says something about, Jim Carrey, you know, are you excited to be here at the Fashion Awards? And he basically says no. Uh, <laughs> and says he tried to find the most meaningless thing he could find to attend. So that he came to it. And then he goes into this like philosophical mumbo jumbo. Like I, what's interesting is I kind of understood what he was saying, but it was about how nothing is meaningful and we're all just moving tetrahedons passing in space. And it was so strange and surreal. Interesting. See, on occasion I get that way. I, I get kind of uh, kind of nihilistic on occasion yeah. where I'm just like, this doesn't matter. But and I, and he just has this way of taking a look at, just the accepted norms of culture and especially celebrity culture and just being like, nah, I don't buy into any of that stuff. <laughs> I love that stuff. His speech at the golden globe awards, uh, one year where he was presenting and he totally went off teleprompter because the, the person that introduced him, you have to look this one up too. I'm telling you, Jim Carrey, he just, he blows my mind. He, he was announced as two time golden globe winner, Jim Carrey. And so he came up to the platform and he was like, hello, I am, Two-time Golden Globe winner Jim Carrey, <laughs> hoping to someday be three-time Golden Globe winner Jim Carrey, because then my life will be meaningful, and then I'll have everything I ever need. Like you know, again, just dismissing you know with sarcasm and facetiousness, kind of the whole point of award shows, and it, it's just he's such an interesting dude. He is. Uh, I I love a lot of his old school uh, stuff, a lot of his old school humors, just mm -hmm. him flailing about yeah. being being Jim Carrey. You know, Ace Ventura, mm -hmm. uh, that that's Dumb and that's Dumber, the Dumb Mask, and Dumber, yeah, uh, all of those things. But then later on, you know, you start watching like the Number Twenty Three, uh -huh. um, and then you know, uh, uh, Eternal Sunshine. Uh, he's so good. He's, yeah, he's great in the Truman Show. Yep, he's uh, he's great in Liar Liar. Actually, that's that's another one of his comedies. But he's doing some really good. That was the one where I was like, oh. He can actually act. That and Cable Guy. I don't know if you're a Cable oh, yeah. Guy fan. I love Cable Guy. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, he's he's putting a little little bit of darkness into what he's doing in that that I hadn't seen him do before. So I'm oh. always excited to see him. Somebody in the chat says he's turning into Andy Kaufman. Uh, <laughs> and and that, is, that is legit because he lost himself in that role uh, when he did Man on the Moon and he played Andy Kaufman. He really lost himself in that role. It's his best performance. It's an absolutely... Oh, easily. Incredible performance. But I do think he took a lot out of that, of what Andy Kaufman was saying about the silliness of performance, the silliness of celebrity culture, uh, being willing to be you know, weird and different. And so I, I do think he has adapted some of that. But uh, 
but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what this show is going to be. So uh, yeah, I would like to know some more about it. Uh, I want it tomorrow. <laughs> I don't want to wait <laughs> and then release the entire season. Yes, that's all right. At once. Yes. All, however many, however many seasons it's going to run. I want them all now. And I just want to binge them all, all the way through. <laughs> That's what I want now. Uh, that'll wrap it up for uh, Do We Care? And now we can get into our review of Mother. Yeah. Please, come in. Hello. Hello. He's a stranger. We're just going to let him sleep in our house. Hello. Hello. Did you know he had a wife? He has pictures of you in his luggage. What were you doing in their luggage? What do they want? God help you. Let's talk about Mother. Darren Aronofsky's latest film uh, stars Jennifer Lawrence and Javier Bardem, as well as Ed Harris in there, too, about a couple's relationship being tested when uninvited guests arrive at their home, disrupting their tranquil existence. That's about the bare bones you're going to get because... Now, it says that, but I don't think that's what it's actually about. Oh, well, (laughs) understatement of the year. I mean... Well, here's the thing. Okay, let's start here. Even before we get to like it, loved it, it was yeah, just yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I do want to say this. I feel like most of the discussion of this movie is going to happen in the spoiler oh, yeah. section. I mean, it has because to. there, I mean, it is very difficult to discuss this movie at all without, without giving stuff away exactly. that exactly. can be part of the experience of seeing this movie. So this may actually be a very short in episode review. Right. <laughs> but I, once you've seen it. Then you're going to be like, oh, okay. Come hang out in the spoilers with yeah. us and hear us discuss all the ins and outs when you talk about meaning and, and those kind of things. But we can at least say this. Did you like it, love it, it was just okay, dislike it, or hated it? I liked it. Okay. Um, I liked it because um, I, I couldn't help but think of uh, the the filter or the film in which they were actually filming people because their mm-hmm. eyes almost looked like they were blind. Mm. Um, I don't know if you noticed that or not. They were almost grayed a little bit. Maybe it was the surface of the screen that I was watching it on, but uh, I would like to think not. Um, most of the camera angles were up real, real close to their shoulders, increasing some of that suspense. Uh, but it would back off. But for the most part, it stayed right with. So you liked it Jennifer for Lawrence. for the technical for a lot of the technical yeah. aspects and oh, just yeah. respecting it as you know a well made movie and those kind of things. I think those are things we can talk about. Um, I'm actually going to cross over into the loved it territory. Really? Okay. I the, and what an interesting movie for me to say I loved because right? there there is so much about this movie that will turn a lot of people off. Oh, very uh, it so. goes to some places that are really uncomfortable and dark to and say the very torturous. Least. Uh it is it is a it is a rough watch at times. Mm-hmm. Um what I've been hearing people call it a horror film and I it's not. I, it is not a horror movie. This is not a horror movie. Let me say it again, this is not a horror movie. Psychological thriller. It is a mystery. Uh, yeah. uh, it is a drama, yeah, and it goes to some places usually only horror movies will go. Yes, but it is not, not a, a horror, horror. movie. Nope. Um, and if you go expecting it, which we'll talk right, about later, right. you're, you're going to have a completely weird experience because it is not that. Um, but it is definitely interesting. Yes. So, what are some things we can talk about? You mentioned the technical aspects, and you can yeah. kind of continue with that that we liked about the movie. Um, Jennifer Lawrence' performance, fantastic. Oh, yeah. That's where I wanted to go um, first, too. You know, she, I mean, we we were talking about her just a little bit ago. Fantastic. Um, you know, very emotional throughout the entirety of the film. Uh, she and asked to do some things that are so weird and strange, and yet I bought into her I character. Know. I don't know how she pulled that off. I, I, was, 
I know. So like watching everything, you know, she's, you know, I'm not giving too much away. Say she's redecorating parts of the house. Um, you know, while she's going through and doing this stuff, she's, you know, she's like, this is my home. This is, Mm -hmm. you know, what do you, what what are you people doing here? And when, when her anxiety goes up, your anxiety goes up. So good. Yeah. It's a great performance. It was fantastic. When she felt like she was being left alone or neglected, you felt left alone or neglected. I mean, it was, it was, you had this connection going on there. It was really cool. Um, uh, Ed Harris. Yeah. Uh, during the the parts that we were with him, fantastic. Yes, you know, agreed. Um, he was he was spot on. I love some of the lines that he had, especially directed towards her. Yeah, um, Michelle Pfeiffer, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, God, she was kind of snarky. Interesting character for her, <laughs> I mean, right? It reminded me of. Did you ever watch uh, Stardust? Um. Yes. Yes, so I did. The one where she's a, mm-hmm. a witch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It reminded me of that role. Yeah, more than most of her. I others. can see that. I can see that for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it was... It Damo was, Gleason right in there for a little bit. <laughs> like, there's some really good performers here. Yeah. Uh, we haven't even talked about Javier right. uh, Bardem, uh, who is giving a really interesting performance here. Yeah. I didn't think his performance was on the level of Jennifer Lawrence's, but he did what he was asked to do. Like, she was asked to do something that I think has a greater level of difficulty, and I think that's why I respect it, you yeah. know, as much as I do. Um, not that what he was asked to do wasn't difficult, but it was m- a little more straightforward. I thought. Yeah, uh, I think that for me, with his character, I think that the way he behaved sold what was coming. Mm. You know, because of the buildup. I, I, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you right now. I, I kind of had a feeling at the beginning of the very beginning of the movie where it was going. Yeah, well, and I don't think that's an accident. I think the movie wants you to clue in to the kind of movie it's going to be, right? It wouldn't show you those things it shows you at the beginning if it right. didn't. Okay, and that's fair. I think that's fair. Now, uh, as far as, like, exactly what that details, means yeah. and the details, <laughs> I had no clue. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, it's it's really good. Uh, the performances are fantastic. Uh, I like said, like said, I like the, uh, the camera angles mm-hmm. um, because, you know, with them being up here, right here on her shoulder and following her around like they were, you know, it limits your view and your scope of what all's happening yeah. to what it is that she has. And that makes it, that makes that, uh, that whole panic mode go up. And there are several times like that, but like you said, it's not a horse. There's no jump scares. No, and, you know, things no, like I that. thought that I, I specifically in my review as well mentioned the camera work. I think the camera work in this is stunning. I think it serves the mystery, the tension, not only that, it's gorgeous. Uh, the way this movie uses visuals and uses what's on screen, I think, is really spectacular. Uh, even if, I think, even if this is a movie where you're like, and I had this experience, what was the movie that came out recently that was just off its rocker? Um, had a Cure for Wellness? A Cure for Wellness. What an awful movie. I, well, I think people <laughs> are going to have a similar reaction to this that I had to a cure for wellness, which is I don't I don't get why it had to go these places, be this weird, you know. But even with a cure for wellness, I was able to look at that and go, oh, that's gorgeous. They're doing some really cool stuff with the shots here, and it, I think even people who are turned off by this movie, I agree, will I, respect the filmmaking. I agree completely. I remember at the beginning of that where the trains rolling into a tunnel mm-hmm. and the mirrored image that was coming off it. I mean, there were some beautiful shots. You're talking about cure for wellness. Cure for yeah, wellness. yeah, yeah. Beautiful shots. But I, I remember sitting there in the movie theater with Andrew and the both of us are like, why is this movie still happening? <laughs> I 
Like it just keeps. I'm telling you, going. there. I guarantee there are a lot of people who feel that way about uh, about this movie too. About probably Mother. So. I, I the, the, that exact sentence has probably been said many times at a theater this well, weekend like, already. Uh, well, I mean, I okay. So the difference is, is like with with a cure for wellness, it would deliberately build itself up to a peak, mm-hmm. and it would reach a conclusion, but there were still lingering, you know, strings mm-hmm. that they hadn't pulled, or yeah. you know, things that they hadn't crossed paths with. And it would dive off, and you're like, okay, well, they're clearly, I mean, rise and fall on action. Like I said, storytelling's my thing. It's what I really enjoy. You know, you get this rise, you get all the way to the climax, and you're going to taper off, and you're like, cool, we're going to get some answers. And then it would have another rise again, yeah. and it was like it would kept peaking over and over and over again. And then finally it gets all the way up there, and it has this really, like, weak payoff at the other end of it. And I was just like, well, that was completely not satisfying at all. I mean, yeah. and like I said, the only good thing that I had to say about it at the end of it was had some really pretty shots. You know, some of the visuals for it, you know, driving through the sanitarium and stuff like that, beautiful. This movie, on the other hand, followed, you know, loosely, uh, a nice rise in action. It got up to a point. You got your, you know, your climax, and then it starts answering some of your questions and, pay, right. you know, goes out right. on the other end. And it follows that relatively traditional mode, although in kind of a weird way. But I never at any point in time felt like, uh, okay, here comes the end. You can sense when the ending's going to happen long before the people come around and drop off your tickets for how much your bill is. Um, <laughs> you, you can sense modern movie going. Yeah, I know. Right. Uh, you can sense where that moment is. I mean, you get a good feel yeah, yeah, yeah. for it a lot of times, uh, especially after you watch movies for a long time. And I, I never felt like, okay, this is going to happen. And then it just kept on. And, and with cure for wellness, that's precisely what I felt like happened like three or four times with this. It, it rose and fell, and and it it puttered out right where it was supposed to, and that's know. the experience I had too. I felt like it was well structured, and I, I never felt. Of course, I, the reason I didn't feel bored, and I guess this is where we'll have to finish, um, because there's not really much to to right. go into detail otherwise. <laughs> but the reason that it had my attention the entire time was because there was so much to think about. There were so many clues to the mystery, so many uh, pieces of metaphors, you know, all that kind of stuff that my brain just gets so engaged by, oh, what is, what does this represent? What is, what does this mean to Aronofsky? And what is he trying to say with this? And what does this mean to the story I'm seeing? You know, there was so much of that, that my brain was holding all these pieces and being ready to fit them into the puzzle when the time was right, when either something clicked with me about the story or the metaphor or whatever the case may be. And man, do I love that. I love a movie that 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 has faith in me, you know, to hold on to pieces and to try to put them together and right. doesn't, you know, and says right from the beginning, I'm not going to spoon feed you any of this. <laughs> here's here's what I'm putting on the screen. You process it and figure, you know, figure out what you think it means. And go. Well, yeah. Like, uh, one last thing. The house is beautiful. Yeah, it really I mean, is. The house is very pretty. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, my one last thing was, uh, I think this is going to be a very divisive movie. I really do. I can, and I've already seen that since I put my review out. Uh, there are people who hate this movie. Um, Uh, I have some thoughts that, like I said, we, we can't share until we get to to spoilers, but, uh, I have some thoughts. And as I was discussing it with a friend of mine last night, they were like, if that's the case, that's going to upset some people. And I'm like, well, that's clearly not their target audience then. (laughs) You're I think al- I know what you're talking about. You're I allowed think, to be upset. I mean, you're allowed to be upset. You know. You're- I think I think the divisiveness comes in one sentence, which is, "What does it all mean?" Yeah. And that's what we'll talk about in the spoilers. Kind of our thoughts on that. Um, you know, with specifically what we saw, 
but I think there are going to be a lot of people who at the end of the day go, uh, I didn't see a good enough story on the screen to justify whatever meaning or metaphor was trying to be said. And that happens with metaphor movies a lot too, where, uh, and this was a problem, actually, a tiny problem I had with uh, Colossal, which I loved. Colossal is another metaphor movie. There's there's what's going on in the story, and then there's what it means. Right. You know, to a you know as a metaphor to our own world, and uh, that movie tended to be heavy on the metaphor and a little lighter on the story, and that's going to serve me. But for some people, they want the story to be as satisfying as the metaphor. Right. And I, I can understand that when it, when it goes hand in hand, it's nice. Mm-hmm. But if you're like that's okay, really hard. It is. It is. And so sometimes you end up sacrificing a bit of the metaphor for the sake of the story yeah. or the other way around. And that's kind of the nature of it. And it just depends on you know what the, the person telling the story is wanting to get out of that. So before we head on to our next review, we usually say if we would recommend it or not. This is a tough one, right? It is. Is this a recommend for you? What do you think? I think it... Okay, so I wouldn't just recommend it to anyone. But if I know the person that I'm recommending it to and their taste, then yeah. So I I think it's kind of a, a selective recommendation. I think that's where I go to. Um, I think it's a recommendation with a lot of caution. Yeah. Um, not not just for the places it goes, although that's certainly part of it, but also because of the type of movie it is. Uh, you have to know you're going into an experience that you might love and you might hate, and it's hard for me to really know which it's going to be. Right. Um, I would say if you really enjoy thinking about metaphors, if you really enjoy thinking about the movie and what it means, I think you're going to have a good enough time. That's a weird way to say it. I think right. you're, you're going to have a compelling, <laughs> a compelling time processing this movie and discussing it afterwards. Yeah. Um, if that stuff doesn't mean a lot to you, I think this will be awful. Go f- I, go I really find, do. Go find uh, something more action driven. Something yes. that's got a good story behind it. Though. Yes. Speaking of action-driven and story, ready to talk about it? Uh, yeah. All right, let's do it. When you're a kid, you think the universe revolves around you. You think that you'll always be protected and cared for. Then, one day, you realize that's not true. when you're alone as a kid the monsters see you as weaker you don't even know they're getting closer so let's talk about it roper uh this of course based on stephen king's novel uh there have been other iterations of this before Uh, Uh, thank you that was on the spot i didn't even prepare that uh there have been other iterations of this before with the uh there was a like a series right a mini series and then there was also another movie i believe yeah, uh, the back other one in the with day. The Tim Curry. Yeah. That, that was, was the miniseries, that right? That was the miniseries. I, I'm coming at this blank because I've never seen any of that stuff. Oh, we, I haven't read the novel, any of that. So I read, I read, I've read the novel. Uh, it's been years ago. I've, I own basically every Stephen King book. You uh, big Stephen King fan? I am a big Stephen King yeah. fan. I enjoy them. Um, so I, I know a lot of the overlapping information there. Because uh, how- every novel is in the same universe in Stephen King's world, right? Not, this is what I've heard. Not all of them, but most of them. And I'm actually saying that specifically that way because it's, it is the bulk of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, There are a few that... The vast majority. Yeah, the vast majority. Um, but yeah, the Dark Tower is, you know, your your pinnacle that overlaps all of existence within uh, the Stephen King universe and things of that nature. And uh, Pennywise, it, 
is uh, from the darkness. It is one of the creatures from what's called the Prim. And it's been around for a long, 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 long time. Let me just say this. Seven young outcasts in Derry, right? Derry, Maine, are about to face their worst nightmares, an ancient shape-shifting evil that emerges from the sewer every 27 years to prey on the town's children. Nummy, nummy. And then uh, and then they got to fight it off. Uh, and it's it's basically that. So, so, yeah. So, as a Stephen King fan... I... Okay, so. And someone who is afraid of clowns <laughs> that we heard in the pre-show, and I can't wait to get into this. Uh, I, I don't do clowns. How I, do you, Well, you did this time. I mean, it's strictly because of this, uh-huh. sitting here in front yeah. of this microphone and talking to people, because I knew this was going to be one of those movies. that. Well, like, I'm not a horror movie guy, so I'm kind of in the same boat. I wouldn't necessarily watch this movie if it weren't for... Just for fun. Reviewing it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get horror movies for fun. That doesn't make sense to my, me. Uh, my, my, my buddy, uh, Adam, uh, who you know helped me a long time ago we we were the ones that came up with all tower and you know what mm-hmm. it all means and then it became the podcast i took over as you know voice for that and all that good stuff but he's just recently started uh, rejoining me again uh we'll have our uh spoiler cast review what tomorrow for uh for it as well uh come out so yay for that um but uh i i don't do clowns and during the show i was talking to adam i'm like how long have we know each other he's like oh about 17 years uh, and he's like, well, I remember going to the circus with you one year and you sat there like a two by four because this clown like singled you out and was standing <laughs> behind you. And uh, uh, he goes, and of course, I, I I remember this, but I just picked a spot kind of on the horizon and then just sat there staring at it. I didn't move. I just was, I, clowns just are here to drag you off in the woods and eat you. That's what they're here for. <laughs> Okay, that's I'm convinced of this. Is that because you read the book? No, it's all of this. When pre- did you read the book? Oh man, uh, I read the book in high school. I've been afraid of clowns since I was like little, little, little. Kid. You sure? You sure oh, that's positive. not retroactive? Positive. Okay, all right. Positive. I okay. Don't, I don't do clowns. I have never done clowns <laughs> ever, ever, never, ever. And I went to this, and there was only one scene that I ever actually looked away for uh, during that. And of course, we'll talk about that whenever we do uh, uh-huh. the, the spoiler portion of things, because uh, there's some things that happen in the final one. That I don't want to waste. Sure, sure. Um, but Pennywise, uh, Tim Curry's Pennywise um, from the TV uh, series, the miniseries that they had out there for a while, um, although is very um, uh, clumsy and mm-hmm. quasi silly, uh, Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise is horrifying. <laughs> like, yes, an actual monster. Yeah. Uh, there were some... But tell me about crying. I want to hear about crying. You said you cried. I actually... Okay, so I get into the movie theater. Uh, you know, I, I avoid watching the pre-movie showing of the clown stuff. I've got my hood on. I'm watching the movie, and I've got it in my head that I'm going to watch this movie. I'm not going to, like, shy away from it, cover my face, and, you know, mm-hmm. be the silly... I felt like a little kid watching a horror movie for the very first time in my existence watching this film. Um, it was absolutely terrifying. Yeah, and there's this moment that happens um, in the f- in, in the film where they're watching a uh, projector, and this jump scare moment. This, I mean, they the way they did sure. it with this giant Pennywise mm-hmm. diving at them, like it freaked me out, and I could feel tears running down the side of my face. Dude, well, that and, is a good place then to ask the the premiere question. Like it, love it. It was just okay dislike it or hated it oh um so my fear screams i hate this movie Mm -hmm. right but it is a great movie 
yeah for what it is so where would you land i would say that i love it but at the same time i absolutely hate it all at the same time <laughs> Like for every bit that of me that's like I love this movie as a yeah. movie, like if it was like a killer alien or you know something else, I'd be all on board with I love this, right? But the fact that this is a nightmare monster for me, I makes I'm it like, difficult. It's just uh, it's every fiber of me wants to go. What a great movie! But then I'm like, no, forget everything about that movie. <laughs> we'll get into the details. Uh, I'm with you. It's hard for me to say I like this movie. I'm going to say it was just okay because of my own dislike for horror. And this is a straight-up horror film. Oh, absolutely. I don't understand the desire to be scared. However, there is a lot to like here. And we talked about metaphor and mother. Uh, there's a lot of metaphor here as well, which I believe Stephen King, that was the point of him writing this book. It was about adolescence and the fear of growing up and what that looks like and what are the fears in you know that pre-adolescent stage and and getting through it. How do you get through it? And so Pennywise in many ways is a metaphor for that, you know, just growing up, the fear of growing up. And I thought that stuff was actually kind of brilliant. Um, and each character has their own experience with Pennywise that puts that into perspective. Oh yeah. Um, and so that stuff was, that stuff was smart enough for me that I was like, Oh, I get what's going on here. It's very well done. It's very different. Let's talk about this. I think, I think I respect the movie for this. It's different than most horror movies you're going to see today that are a lot about hiding in the darkness. They're a lot about uh, very dark screens, you know, the occasional jump scare, yeah. uh, silence that then is loud. This is a scare you in daylight horror oh, yeah. film. It is everything is right there, right from the beginning. It is like, we're just going to show you everything in the daylight and still do our best to scare you. That takes some guts because if you don't get it right, it can look silly. I don't think they have a nighttime scene in this entire movie. I don't know that there's, I think now, there's, there may be a couple scenes that are a little dark, but well, yeah, I mean, they're in the sewers during yeah, parts of things, right. but I mean, for the most part, it's summertime and mm -hmm. they're outdoors and yeah. like, I, I'm pretty certain if I'm recalling correctly, I eat and I only saw it the once, um, <laughs> there's not a nighttime I mean, not a real nighttime scene where they're like outside right. and they're doing a thing. They might have those moments where like they're going to bed. I know, and that's different, right? Like most horror movies are yeah. are much more hidden. Uh, there's the, the the scene in the trailers where you know he's in his pajamas and he's got a a, a toy Lego uh, mm -hmm. turtle, and that's yeah. referential to um, the Dark Tower series because uh, there are these beings and, uh, the, the turtle holds up the earth and there's a little poem that goes with it. It's behold the turtle of enormous girth on his back. He holds the earth. And yeah, anyway, so it's, it's, I don't know Stephen <laughs> King, but I believe you all of those things. Anyway. So, uh, that's, those are, those are little nods and, uh, but that's like the, the closest like nighttime scene that they end up having. Um, whenever he, he, he thinks he sees Georgie, and of course that's mm -hmm. in the, that's in the trailers. You see that right. in that moment in the trailers. Of course, you wouldn't know that. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't know anything from the trailers. Uh, what else did you like about it? What else would you say has done well? Uh, each of the characters, as far as uh, their own personal development, I liked all of them. Um, each of them have a convincing story. I like each of the characters and who played the characters. Um, I found out that that weird eye thing that Pennywise does is not CGI. That's just Bill Skarsgård being Bill Skarsgård. He was so good. That's where I would start. <laughs> I 
like his performance, there was a physicality to it that was terrifying. And uh, from, man, from, it was uh, so good. Uh, from uh, my notes that I have over here, he actually went to a, a clown college. Yeah, uh, for part of this, uh, which I thought was kind of cool. I think he may skip some classes at that clown college. I mean, just some of the how to treat the audience classes. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, <laughs> just a few of the the things. Don't kill your audience members. I think he probably missed out on that I mean, rule. When they say you know kill them, you yeah, know, that's not what you they mean. Killed them out there. No, 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 no that's no, not what they mean at all. <laughs> um, I also uh, thought that there was a lot of nostalgia here. Like, there's something about Stephen King's stories. It reminded me a little, a little bit of Stand by Me. You know, kind of the kids teaming up together, kind of thing. The era that it's in, obviously, is an era I'm from. So, you know, there's kind of a lot of nostalgia, I think, that plays into it, too. One of the differences that I did note, uh, my buddy, uh, like I said, Adam, he was helping me with uh, some of this list bit information here. Um, but one of the differences between the uh, the other film, Tim Curry film, and mm-hmm. this one, um, was this one takes place in the 1980s, whereas the other one takes place in the 1950s. Oh, that's interesting. Um, you know, the When did the book take place? I think it's supposed to be the 1950s as well. Oh, really? I believe so. I yeah, you know to... what? That makes sense because of the time frame thing yeah. and that the second part then would be more along the, the 80s or whatever. But it's been 27 years since uh, the the other movie. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's due time for him to come around and have a snack, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Anything on the negative side with it? I mean, not necessarily um, negative. Uh, as far as you know, drawbacks to the movie. Obviously, I I could do without the clown, um, <laughs> but that that would render the whole thing useless. Um, like I said, some of the one of one of the the, the character overlaps between uh, Henry, which is the the bully, and his father. Mm-hmm. They didn't they didn't make that very clear to begin with. And, you know, so that way later on in the film, when this other point and when this other point happens, you know, it, that part felt a little awkward. I was like, Oh, okay. But at the same time, it wasn't that big of a deal because of how the information was presented. He's being a bully. He's bullying kids. He looks up, he sees a police officer. And so he's just like, Oh, I should like stop. And in my mind, I'm just like, Oh, he's doing it because he doesn't want to get in trouble with the law. And then later on you find out it's actually his dad. You know, but it's that overlap there is was a little awkward to me, and I felt like that may have been presented a little bit different. But if that's my only complaint as far as like the overall majority of the film itself yeah. goes, then I don't have a whole lot of actual wiggle room for like actual complaints here. I can't look at it and go, that part was bad. Sure. I have one thing that I think I actually probably a lot of people would disagree with me on, but. I did not enjoy the kids' performances, and really? I know it. I know it's tough with kids, um, but I found them. I found them to be a little bit overacted and a little bit silly, and it took me out of the movie. Especially the comic relief stuff uh, just felt a little jokey to me. Yeah, and their performances. And again, I always feel bad talking about kid actors because I mean, you know, they're just figuring it out. But there are some kids who put in performances. I'm going. Whoa, that's believable. And there were a couple in this group where I was like, okay, I buy your character. And then there were just a couple where I was like, I'm not, I'm not sure I really buy into what you're doing. So Richie um, is the uh, boy that's mainly cut, toss and jabs. You know, mm-hmm. the, your mom jokes. The, the kid and, from Stranger Things. The kid from Stranger yeah, Things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he is, it's Richie. Um, and Richie's character has always kind of been like that in, in other iterations of it. So the earlier show and, and things of that nature, that's always been Richie. 
Um, you know, nothing serious. Everything mm-hmm. he's just poking fun at everything. He's kind of a snot. Yeah, you know, he's not quite a bully. He's your friend that picks on you. Yeah. Um. So I bought that, and I was all on board with that. Uh, Bill, which is uh, the one that stutters, you know, our, our lead. Mm-hmm. He, uh, his role changed a little bit from the earlier stuff to this one because the earlier ones, he's the one that was kind of the historian the one that like noticed all of these things from earlier on. Mm-hmm. And in this, I guess this is the only other thing you've got the, the, the young man, I don't recall his name. I'd have to look at my note to remember it, but uh, the boy that's in the, the library, mm-hmm. the, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. heavier set one. Um, he, he ends up, uh, being, I liked his performance, by the way. His was one that I actually yeah. thought was really good. It was understated. It was There was some subtlety to it. I thought it was good. I thought the girl was fine. I thought, um, she did a good job. Is the others were just ben. a little bit, little bit off for me. Ben, that's what it is. Uh, ben is um, moved to the town, and he's all about you know reading all of the history and things of that nature. And I, I get some of that to a degree, but you know some it's they kind of make it seem like he just got there. Yeah, and it wasn't very long, and he's already got all this information. And you know, he's talking about the statistics of you know death in the in the town and stuff like that. And the part of that seemed. A little see one of my hangups for uh, kids in in films is is either they're like ridiculous geniuses that have like you know they're mm-hmm. they're Stewie Griffin from uh, Family from, Guy from Family Guy yeah. that has you know tech and stuff like that right or they're like really 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 thick between the ears and they they just they are totally useless. Stranger Things for me was really really good because they were kids. Acting like kids. Yeah. See, I bought I bought all the Stranger Things kids in a way that I didn't quite buy these kids in it. Really? And I don't know what the difference is. It may have just been the mood I was in. Yeah. Um, there's also an element of <clears throat> Stephen King's version of adolescence and what he's doing with the metaphor here is not something I experienced. It's not something that rings true to me as a person. Maybe I'm a little bit strange, a little bit weird. When I was going through adolescence, like you'll see in Stephen King and you see it in, in it as well, the adults are all awful. Every single adult is an awful person uh, for different reasons. And there are reasons I can see kids' uh, perspectives on, right? You know, my adolescence was full of amazing adults. And like, I, so it's not something I identify with in that way. Same way uh, with some of the choices they're making. They're just not choices I would have made, you know, as an adolescent. But I'm a little bit strange. And, you know, I come from a little bit of a different background. So, so I don't connect to it on that way. And right. so I'm already a little bit distant from it does that make sense yeah no it and does. so it, so it doesn't it the reality I of guess, it doesn't is a little bit distracting to i me. guess my question then becomes uh what choice did they make that you weren't uh weren't on point with well no i just mean like going um you know going against their parents wishes going out and doing certain things um you know the, the level of of uh language was something i just didn't experience in my friend group as far as like cursing and those right, kind of right. things so I mean I get that's a reality for a, a lot oh, yeah. of people. I I, I I totally relate to like sure. a lot of the stuff that right. was happening. Right. My, you know, I, I love my mother to death. She's a good woman, but she doesn't like a lot of, a lot of my friends. <laughs> and, I mean, just that's how it was. And if given her way, she probably wouldn't have let me run around. <laughs> Some yeah. of the people I ran around. It's not that my friends were bad. It's just that she's like I don't like them. Sure. And that was her thing. And that's um, what I'm saying. And that's what I'm saying. I think for the most part, that's what a lot of people do identify with. And I just, you know, it's just not the same as 
what I identified with going right. through adolescence. And um, so there's an automatic disconnect. Again, it's not a, a judgment thing. It's right. just a disconnect that I have from the story in that way, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's fair. So that might, that might play into, you know, the kids' performances as well and that kind of stuff. That's, but, that's fair. I, I, I could buy that. Um, you know, whenever you're squaring off against a, a psychic clown that wants to devour <laughs> you, I think some of your choices become a little bit sure, different though. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I think you're right on that. Uh, did you have one more thing before we moved on? No, man, I think that, uh, pretty well covers it. I mean, everybody in, you know, from my point of view, everybody did a great job. I liked all the characters. Um, you know, everybody for me was believable. I enjoyed the story, you know, the rise mm-hmm. and fall in action. Um, I actually walked out of the theater and was tired because I was just, I mean, I was clinched up and just, just shaking. It is, it is scary for the sake of being scary. It is that much scarier for me because they're clowns. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, I know that here in just a moment, you're going to ask if I I recommend the movie. (laughs) Uh, I, I would in fact, uh, just go ahead and, and, and nip that in the bud right now. I would, in fact, recommend it to people, and I have, you know, if if anybody has the opportunity to go see something, then, especially know, if you're a horror fan, if you like or horror, Stephen King you know, fan, you you want something that's just downright scary. They got a lot of really good jump scares. Uh, they've got a couple of really good camera angles where and uh, Bev's dealing with her dad, and then she immediately turns around and it's like boom, Pennywise, and that those moments when they hit. They, they drop that shoe hard, and it really rings true, and it makes those horror moments really, really scary, and it's fantastic. Uh, I would uh, I think I would give it a, a recommend as well to horror fans. Uh, if you don't like horror movies, then I, I don't know why you'd be interested anyway, but, um, but there's certainly enough there that kept my brain engaged that I wasn't just like, oh, man, do I have to sit through another scary <laughs> movie? And it's scary in a different way. Like I said, I mean, it's aggressively creepy. I mean, it is aggressively from start to finish uh, going there. And, uh, and that's, you know, that's not something we necessarily see in the horror movies that, that come out today. So that would be my, my one final thing. Well, there you go. Uh, that's it. Uh, that's not it. There's more to the show. I mean, that's the movie. (laughs) It. Yes. And, uh, we can, we can move on from there before we do though. I do want to mention Patreon. If you would like to support this podcast network, uh, that Sif Pop is on. There are other podcasts on the network as well. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash studio DNA. Uh, starts at three bucks a month. Uh, the, probably the, the perk that we let people know about the most is the dedicated podcast feed. Uh, it's a great opportunity for you to hear all the episodes from all the podcasts as well as the ones that are only for patrons. Uh, before every show, we record a patron pre-show. All that shows up right in your podcast feed. Uh, when you're a supporter. So you can do that at patreon.com slash studio DNA. And just a heads up, we are adding to the network a new podcast you might specifically be interested in. Uh, if you love pop culture, the Horrible Movie Podcast is going to become a part of Studio DNA. Uh, we love those guys, and we've been in conversations with them, and uh, they're jumping on board. So cool. uh, that'll be part of when you support a Patreon. You'll also have access to all their special bonus shows and those kind of things. That's patreon.com slash studio DNA. NA, and thank you so much for your support. How about a Sift Quest, Roper? I I, I, I am all about a Sift Quest. Yeah? Did you read something funny in the chat? I uh, uh, So the uh, 101 says that it's uh, named after the IT department. <laughs> the best thing about the movie is that it was a movie name for my profession. I work in IT. <laughs> 
We've been pronouncing it all wrong. Yeah, well, I, I saw someone created a meme online, and it was Pennywise, and it was the IT crowd. Nice. The, yeah. It was Very the, nice. Very nice. Uh, yeah, this is, uh, we're going to go into Sif Quest. This is where you put us on a quest for answers, whether it be a question you have for us, uh, a debate you're having with a friend, something you want us to answer. Uh, you can do that by emailing us at Sifpop, uh, or sorry, at feedback at Sifpop.com, or you can tweet at me, uh, Aaron Dicer, A-A-R-O-N-D-I-C-E-R. This comes from Gideon on Twitter, uh, asked this question. Someone at my Dunkirk screening got up and left and then came back literally seven times, and it really annoyed me. When he was in the theater, he was talking and bobbing up and down in his seat. I still love the movie, but was distracted almost the entire time. Is this a problem for you guys? How do you deal with it? So we thought we'd talk a little bit about movie theater pet peeves, how we deal with them, kind of our own perspectives on those things. So why don't you start, Roper? What are some of your, first of all, this situation in particular, um, would it annoy you? How would you deal with it? And then tell me some of your other pet peeves. It, it would. Um, I've been to several movies where, you know, somebody's up and down, or they're talking, or they're, you know, I've had people literally throwing popcorn at a screen and, you know, they were behind me. So it's raining down on me and stuff like that. I mean, it's. Super annoying. The, mm-hmm. the thing is, is that, and I've been in law enforcement for like 10 years. Um, so I am like mid conflict most of the time, mm-hmm. but I don't like conflict. <laughs> I know that sounds really, really. No, that makes know, sense to me. Um, so I'm not the kind of person, you know, it's like, all right, one more time. If they do it one more time, then I'll say something. And it's always just one more time. Um, I don't normally break. I just kind of let things happen and I just watch. And then every now and then, it just depends on my mood, but I'll turn around and I'll say something to somebody and I'll be just like, dude, you need to knock it off. And But fortunately, because of the, the movie theater selection that I've made now, I don't have to worry about that. I just have to raise a menu card and uh, they'll come over and they'll address it for me. <laughs> uh, because uh, actually last night while I was seeing Mother, uh-huh. uh, there was a guy that was uh, two seats down from me who just kept commenting. And there was a moment during the film where he he had quite a bit to say and uh, in my mind, I was like, all right, if you one more time. And then he never did anything again. But at the end of the, th- the movie, I got up and went downstairs and I had a question about uh, one of the charges that was on my ticket. And I was talking with one of the people who was there. And this guy went to leave. And it was it was him. And uh, they're like, have a good night. And I'm like, yeah, I could have done without his commentary. And uh, they're like, oh, we're like super against that. If that ever happens, just, you know, do this and we'll totally yeah. and address it. And I was like, all right, cool. Well, you know, I. I didn't want to be that guy that was like out in a dude that was getting him kicked out of a movie, but it is what it is. Um, I think that, uh, you know, there are definitely better ways to handle it, mm-hmm. you know, um, turning hey, Hey, knock it off. Could you keep it down? You know, you're being, you're being rude. Um, that starts problems. And I've seen where that leads because yeah. I actually went to a movie theater with a friend of mine who turned around and did exactly that. And it started a fight in the parking lot after the movie. I have actually seen a fight break out in the theater itself. Yeah. Over nothing. Like in the the fight that I saw was over somebody kicking the back of somebody else's seat. Uh, <laughs> and it was completely unintentional, at least from my perspective. But the guy took offense at it. And then both of them were stubborn idiots and just wouldn't let it go. And they, yeah, they broke out into a fight. Yep. Uh, we were actually, uh, it was a friend of mine. And uh, he turned around and told a guy what he thought said, Hey, look, you need to, and I'm churching this up a whole lot. Uh, <laughs> you need to, you need to stop this. Sure. Yes, S- sir. You need <laughs> yes. to, uh, you need to discontinue this. Uh, What's thou please. Yeah. And we went, we ended up going outside. We're walking back to the car. We're, you know, joking and talking about the movie and whatever. Yeah. And, and this has been, 
this is back whenever the Palace Theater was still in in you know the 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 light like everything mm-hmm. was still good with it you know yeah, it's yeah. not all shut down or whatever but i mean it was not, the parking lot was full yeah we're walking palace the theater, theater is is now a church actually it's being it's not a, a church yeah it's yeah. not even a theater anymore here in town you know, it breaks my heart um <laughs> <laughs> I, I just want another theater i like i like my selections of movies anyway sure. so uh there there are enough churches in this area yeah there's <laughs> plenty like there's of them. so we, many churches we've only got like what six Movie theaters. In Do we town. have that many? I mean, we've got uh, the Regal. Uh, uh-huh. We got the Alamo now. We got mm-hmm. Springfield uh, Eleven. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Mox or the Moxie. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you count the B and B, that one's yeah, it's down in Ozark. It's but... down in Ozark, but it's within within sure. range. Yeah, so about six. And then and then the Palace, so six. Yeah. So you know, <laughs> I mean, now let's count the churches. Yeah, you count. <laughs> we'll be oh, here yeah, all night. We'll, we'll be here forever. Anyway, <laughs> so we get out to the parking lot, and this guy storms up after him got him by the arm spun him around and then just hit him wow it must have been his best shot because after he hit him he just shook his hand and said yeah and then turned around and started to walk off well (laughs) what he doesn't understand is my my friend isn't like oh oh i just got hit yeah we're good now good good deal sir no that 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 wasn't over at that (laughs) moment and that turned into an actual rumble um (laughs) but hey you know i mean Guy, guy swung it's first. Amazing. So, but you know, it's it's silly that you can go to a, a movie theater and and sit down and you're watching the thing and someone gets so tender about you know people getting up and going to the mo- or going to the bathroom or whatever. Maybe the guy's got a medical condition. I don't know. And I think that's yeah. part of me. That's why I don't want to necessarily just jump down somebody's throat immediately. Right. Um, yeah, I, I think for I, me, I have like I said, if I if I've got a raw nerve that day, I might say something to somebody. But, you know, that's about the extent of me doing anything. It would have to get pretty um, blatant and intense for me to say anything. I can think of one time where I actually was being an annoyance during a movie. Yeah? What were you doing? Uh, It was Mortal Kombat. (laughs) And it was about seven years after the Mortal Kombat movie released. So it's like, this isn't new. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was like one other person in the movie theaters, me and like three of my friends. And we were down in front of the screen doing our Mortal Kombat moves and throwing yeah, punches yeah, yeah, and kicks yeah. and whatever. We were just being dumb. but In front of the screen? In front of the screen. Yeah, so. that's that's not cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, if you haven't seen this, then, uh, you know, I don't know what you're doing Yeah, but here. they're there to see it. They're not there to see you dance in front of the screen. That's true. But well, we were we were beneath it. It was it was, it was the palace. You know, we were there again. Um, that's why it got closed down. Perhaps. <laughs> perhaps. I broke it. Uh, we, I mean, I've been to, uh, I went and saw in theaters, uh, during whenever it was being released and I was the only person in there, uh, Battlefield Earth. Nice. Uh, no, it was awful. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, uh, I remember sitting in this movie theater looking at it going, uh, yeah, this is, this is absolutely utterly awful. Yeah. But, hey, I've got the whole place to myself. It's, you know, hot outside and I get, uh, you know, movie theater. I can just sit in here and basically take a nap. There's the, I will never, it, it will never cease to amaze me. The things that people do in public places, uh, whether it be being loud, obnoxious, uh, you know, interruptive, uh, all the way down to like the couple that was behind me uh, a couple weeks ago that was fully like they had. Okay, so it wasn't one of the with recliner seats, okay, but you know, it just had the flip down seats like a lot of theaters do. They had flipped down the entire row and were laying on top of each other across the flip down seats. During the movie. Now, I'm not saying hanky panky was going okay. on. All right, all right, all uh, right. Because I tried my, I, I tried to keep you know my blinders on, right? Because I really didn't want to know necessarily what 
was going on up there. And I'm just saying, when I got up to to go, they were completely rec- reclined uh, in on top of each other. It just blows my mind. I'm just like, you know, this this is not your home. No, it's not. I, I like I said, you know, aside from that one time, uh, I I tend to stay parked, stay quiet, watch my movie. Yeah, somebody in the chat said that they are more of a seether than a confronter. Yeah. Um, I'm working on, because I am too, I, I will almost never confront. Um, I But I'm working on not getting upset about it too, because if I'm not going to confront, then I probably just have, I have to control my own emotions. So, and what I've realized is, and I've taken a, a little bit, I, a lot of people disagree with me on this. Um, I think in, and when we were talking about Alamo draft house and kind of some of the rules, I think we're a little strict on a lot of this stuff. Yeah. It does not bother me if somebody turns their phone on. It just doesn't. Now, if you're going to take a phone call and you're going to answer it, then I'm going to get distracted. I'm going to get bothered. (laughs) If you're making any noise that I hear above the noise of what's going on in the movie, then you're being a distraction and you're keeping people from enjoying the the movie. But that little bit of light bleed should not keep you from having a good time with a movie. Um, if it's constant and it's turning on and off, constantly on and off, then maybe. But for me, I've chosen not to worry about that. Um, and for myself, I actually use my phone to take notes for movies. But when I do that, I sit in the back row so that I make sure that I'm not uh, not messing with anybody that, that might be distracted by that. But as far as somebody leaving, I mean, people have to leave. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. they have to go do that. I'd rather them leave to do whatever they're leaving to do than to do it in the theater. Yeah. You know, so um, I remember years ago, my dad got upset with me at one point in time. I, I told him I was going to go do something with a friend of mine, and he didn't think I was where I was. And uh, we ended up going seeing uh, Remember the Titans. Mm-hmm. And uh, he sent me a text message, and I had to bail out of the movie theater and go out there. And I actually was in this discussion with him. He's like, You didn't go see that movie. And I'm like, Yes, I did. He's like, I've seen it. You haven't seen that movie. And I started just like spouting out all of the things that had happened on screen. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. He's like, all right, fine. You've seen the movie. And I'm like, I'm in the middle of it. I'm going back into the theater now. But if I, you don't hang up, I will not remember the Titans. <laughs> it's a good movie, though. Yeah, remember the Titans? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but you know, I, I think that I think that uh, Alamo. I like Alamo and the way that they handle some of their stuff. I think the phone thing is a little weird. Well, it's um, fine. No, no, no. Don't get me wrong. They're setting their own rules. No, yeah, and, and that's, that's and that's great. You know, that's it, their as, house. As, exactly. As long as it's known ahead ahead of time, I have no problem with it. I just mean on a personal level, right? I think we get worked up over stuff that we don't have to get worked up True. over. True. I, I think that might be so. accurate. Like I said, you know, I, I think that, and and I, a lot of this goes back to like I said, whenever I was copping, um, I can't help but look at a situation and think of how much of what's happening is intent. If you're doing it deliberately, then sure. Yeah. Um, then, then yeah, you're being a problem. I was, in fact, being a problem at the Mortal Kombat showing. Okay. <laughs> yes, I'll, yes, you I, were. I will own that. And, uh, you know, that's that was us. You know, whatever. Uh, we were, like, 12. Yeah. So, you know, be mad at me, I guess. That's right. I mean, I was You just, were avoiding Pennywise. Was we being, know what was, was happening. I was being young and stupid, as, as we all were at some point in time or another. Right. But, you know, now, whenever I'm sitting in a movie theater... You know, because they're important to me. I love films. I love going and getting lost in something and things of that nature. When there are distractions that happen, when I feel, and like I said, I, I feel like I got a pretty good, uh, you know, uh, radar for this on so whether or not a person's doing it deliberately. Sure. 
Yeah, you get you get a good sense of that. Yeah, I think yeah, most people would get a if good sense of that. If you keep getting pegged by popcorn in the back of your head, that's deliberate. <laughs> yeah, something's going on. <laughs> but if it's, I would address that. You know, if it's somebody who who can't you know control it or whatever, you got you know, I know that uh, Alamo doesn't do like little little kids. You know, they don't have mm-hmm. little, little kids in their theater because you know they start crying and stuff like that. I I know that my son who's three won't sit through a whole movie. Right. Okay. I, I know that I I'll take him to go see a movie, but the instant he starts to like get up or do anything, I'm like, okay. And that's why I take a second parent with me. I'll take a, you know, a grandparent with me or a friend mm-hmm. with me and whatever. And I'm like, I'm gonna go walk out in the hallway for a little bit and I'll take him to go do something else because sure. he doesn't need to be a distraction for everybody else. But at the same time, you know, I'm not going to deprive him the ability to go see a the- uh, movie. If his sisters are going to see a movie, you know, um, you know, so there are, there are people that will take kids to movies and then they start throwing this temper tantrum and they start yelling and screaming. It's like, okay, you, you're being a distraction. You're a parent. You should know that not all children have the capability of sitting through a film. Yeah. I know that. I'm sure you know that. Yeah. I'm sure you've had friends who have kids that are in those type of situations. It's like, and it just com- the, it comes down to a respect for the people you're around and, you know, you know. May, take, take the steps to stand up you know yeah. take go, go deal with your kid be in a be a parent for a little bit don't sit yeah. there and shush them and hope that they like calm down or what they might you know i mean you know your kid but if there's got to be a line there yeah you know so go deal with your problems outside of the theater and then let everybody stay you know wrapped up in the movie that they, yeah that those they were the times see. when i would look at my wife and be like i'm i'm a movie critic i have to stay and watch everything <laughs> i'm so sorry <laughs> You're gonna have to take him outside. Like I, I can't. I'm not doing my job if I don't stay in here. So yeah, <laughs> uh, they uh, was a DJ. DJ M3 says, "Have you guys ever gotten up and moved to a different seat?" I have, um, because we were actually it was a movie here recently. It was kind of a a faulty equipment kind of thing. Did you hear mm. about what happened with uh, Andrew when we went and saw? Uh, 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 oh was, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. When the seat Valerian, broke, Valerian, yeah. And, yeah um, he sat down in this seat, and the whole back just fell completely yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we, we ended up having to adjust a little bit. So that's not quite the same. Like mid-movie, get up, move to a different seat. No, I've never done that. I've only done that when I was being kicked, uh, when the seat back was being kicked uh, by kids. And uh, it was before the movie started. Right. And I was like, you know what? It's just as easy for me to move five seats down to the left. Um, I actually said something to uh, the adults who were there because they were there with a group of kids. Yeah. And I said, this is this is no big deal. I just, you know, I'm going to move over here. I don't want you guys to feel bad, you know, because I know kids, I have kids. I want to make sure they didn't feel like I was upset with right. them, that I was just, you know. So, I, yeah, I've, I've moved before. There's been, like, I, I'll, I'll pick my spot, you know, quasi towards the back middle mm-hmm. section. So I'm, I, I have, like, this area i don't like being way down in front staring straight up at a screen right i want to be further back you know as most people do i think um but you find your seat and then if something causes you to move you got faulty equipment you got people behind you you got people that are around you that are creating a little bit of an issue um then sure yeah i'll get up and move but typically that takes place before the movie starts yeah. i don't think i've yeah, ever think moved so. during a movie though um uh, and a final note i've actually been removed from a theater before you've been removed i've been removed from a theater before for using my phone so wow um and what was interesting they felt so but they apologized to me because i told them ahead of time that i take notes and you know that kind of stuff and i always sit in the back so that i'm not bothering anybody but because somebody had complained about somebody further down 
they were spot checking and the person who was spot checking didn't know, you know, what I was doing, that kind of thing. And so they actually removed like four different people who they saw during that spot checking time, you know, use their phone for something. So I've actually been removed from a movie before. I have removed people from a movie before. Yeah. Uh, I got to work security for um, a uh, showing of The Illusionist back whenever it was first coming Ooh. out. Yeah. And uh, they were like, okay, your job is to walk up and down i was in my uniform i was mm-hmm. i was doing an off-duty cop thing and they're like your job you know is watch for people filming this or you know recording in some type of fashion so yeah. you know i hey you know why don't you come outside here and we'd have a little conversation outside i've re- i've removed three people from that movie nice so it's always an awkward situation <laughs> it is i'm like hey why don't you come out here what, what are you uh what are you doing uh nothing <laughs> as always uh nothing Nothing at all. <laughs> uh, I I felt so bad. I, I like it was one of those things where again I'm. Did you I, get to go back in? Huh? No, I didn't. Uh-huh. Well, I didn't go back. I went and watched it later. Okay. I I went and watched the rest of it later. But I had a great relationship with the theater, and so what was the know, movie? They were. I don't even remember. Oh. I don't even remember. <laughs> um, but they were very apologetic, and and I was like, no, I get you've got rules, and if you know, if I need to be, you know, uh taken to the whipping post or whatever. Yeah. You know, I can, I can handle it. You know, you got to stick with your rules. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I don't, it didn't bother me that much, yeah. but that's that. Hey, house rules. You know, <laughs> got it here. Uh, well, I hope you answered your question, Gideon. Um, so I think the overall answer is, yeah, of course we all have pet peeves. Uh, I myself try to keep them from distracting me and, uh, and enjoy the movie. But there are some times when you just have to, Say something probably. So, point. If, uh, if you want to get a SIF quest in, uh, feel free to tweet me at Aaron Dicer or leave us some feedback. Feedback at SIFPOP.com. All right, let's move on to uh, Buried Treasure. We'll finish this thing out. Uh, what's one thing in any area of pop culture that uh, you want to let people know about, River? So I, I have two friends, uh, one of which is, she is an author, mm-hmm. um, wrote a series of books, things of that nature. Uh, super great. Uh, her name's uh, Jacqueline. Gage. Okay. Or Jacqueline Gagney is actually how it's uh, pronounced. It's G-A-G-N-E. I wrote a book called uh, The Blood Rose Saga. It's pretty good. It's uh, about vampires, things of that nature. Very cool. Probably worth looking into and checking out. Uh, And then, of course, uh, some of the guys that have been over on our podcast have recently started up a live stream of gaming and things of that nature that might be worth checking out at some point in time. They're called Plunder Gaming. And uh, it's a couple of guys uh, come over on occasion and record with me, but uh, they get on there and they do all sorts of stuff like that and play games and whatever. But as far as uh, like TV shows and stuff like that, that I think that not anybody has, well, not necessarily no one, but uh, underrated. Um, I don't know. I, I I don't have a whole lot there. No, that's fine. I Those mean, are perfect buried treasures. That's, I, that's I know fine. That, uh, I was watching uh, something the other day, and I had a friend of mine ask me what it was, and I was like, "Oh, it's it's called Black Books. It's a British TV show. Hmm. That's it's actually pretty good. Uh, I watched it. It's I've watched it two or three times now. It's it's pretty hilarious. Um, and it's a TV show. It's a TV show. Uh, it's like pretty, BBC. Yeah. Um, it's wonderfully funny. Um. But uh, it's about uh, this guy. His name Bernard Black. He runs runs a bookstore. Um, he's got a an assistant, a friend that comes working with him. His name's Manny. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's really funny. There you um, go. But it's it's from several years ago, so it's been around. There are people that that know about it because those that I've talked to that are like, oh yeah, I love that show. But then there's a lot more people that are like, I've never heard of that. 
So maybe that's another thing. So worth worth checking out. Yeah, uh, definitely sounds interesting. For my buried treasure, I'm going with a Twitter account. Which I don't know if I've ever done that before. Is it Wendy's? Wendy's? Uh, it is at Wendy's. No, it is not. Uh, <laughs> they they do have a great Twitter account though. <laughs> yeah, they, they do, do good work. Wendy's does good work on Twitter. Um, even though I haven't liked one of their sandwiches in a long, long time, but, uh, but I love your Twitter account whoever's doing and your Frosties. I love your Frosties. Whoever's running their Twitter account. That's a great yeah. job. Yes. Give them a raise. Uh, no, this is a Twitter account at real time WWII. And it's basically as if somebody is live tweeting world war two. Oh, uh, and it takes place, uh, in real time. So they're tweeting all the news articles, the events, the stories that are happening, in World War II on the dates that they happen as they were happening for a total of six years. So wow. they're working their way through it for the second second time. Uh, and so they just started about, I think they just started back through it about four months ago. So if you want to catch up, it's fairly easy to, to catch up if you want to do that. But you just follow the Twitter and then in your Twitter timeline, you'll see, you know, what Hitler's up to or, you know, Poland's fallen yet. Or, wow. I found it I found it absolutely a fascinating way to learn more about the history of that war and what happened. I think it's it's the war most of us, you know, know the most about already. Yeah. So you wouldn't think there was a lot to learn, but you really get a feel of how it progressed. You know, we're still in the the place where America's saying, hands off, we're done, you know, Europe, you figure this out. Like we don't want to be involved. Right, we're gonna right. be neutral. And uh it's just really interesting to see how quickly England was involved and France was involved in, um, you know, uh, it's just, it's, I don't know. I find it really fascinating to kind of feel like you're in world war two. I think through Twitter, I mean, could you imagine being in that day and age? Well, it'd be different, right? Because you wouldn't get this news in this, you know, that quickly that that, that's what I'm about being in that day and age with Twitter. Yeah. Right. That's a, I mean, kind, it's not exactly what's happening with this, but it's, well, that's, that's the that's idea. How, that's how the yeah, information exactly. would be rolling out right then and there. Yeah. And how how decisions might have been different and, you know, the things that were being done and when we got involved and, yep. you know, people being influenced about things, how it all could have been handled if information was available then. Yeah. And also the, a lot of this information is in hindsight, too. It's right. knowledge that they didn't even necessarily have at this point in the war, but we have it now looking back. Right. So it, it is very different. I, you know, obviously I talk about America not being involved. Well, they're not... They're not necessarily knowing all this stuff or knowing how accurate this stuff is. I mean, just that you think fake news is bad now. I mean, lack of information. Yeah. Hearsay. Yeah. You know, people, you're talking about big gaps because we got oceans on either side of us. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, I find it very fascinating. So something you might want to check out again, it's at real time WWII. It's, I think it's called World War II tweets and uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun. So, or interesting, I should say. Yeah. Uh, to kind of follow that and figure that out. Well, there you go. We did it, Roper. Yeah. Podcasting happened. There was a podcast <laughs> that wasn't there, and then it was there. Now it's there. It's amazing. And I believe in it. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us today. For Sif Pop, it is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other live and later shows on the network by following the feed at Mixler.com slash Studio DNA. That's M-I-X-L-R dot com slash studio dna huge thanks again to today's guru roper from alt tower media Hooray, roper uh plug some stuff man where do you want to send people uh alt tower media is what you'd search over there on youtube uh we post up most of our stuff through a site called spreaker and it uh, feeds it out to the different uh, types of uh, uh downloaders so far as podcasts catchers and things of that nature and um all of our stuff can be found under alt tower media 
Uh, that's our show, Spoiler Cast, as well as our, another show that we have that's kind of on a hiatus right now. It's called uh, Agents of Sir, where we talk about uh, secret identities revealed. That's what that acronym stands for. We talk about uh, comic book related, basically everything, TV shows, movies, things like that. Um, on YouTube, I post up quite a few Let's Plays. I get my nephews on there every now and then. They play some Minecraft, all that good business. But uh, yeah, definitely get over there and check that stuff out. And then, uh, of course, I always want to tell everybody about our friends at Plunder Gaming. And then uh, over at Geek.0, checking out Sean over there. And then the other show that I'm with is Spellcast for Spellbook Studios. And they are a game developing company here in town. They make uh, mobile games. Uh, it's called The Empty Black. Uh, the Her- Heroes of Dire is another one of their games. It's really cool. And I get on there. I'm the host for uh, one of the three hosts for the uh, the Spellcast show that we do on occasion. It's a lot of fun. Thank you, Roper. I appreciate you being here. Also, much love and gratitude to our Patreon supporters for giving monthly to make this show and others on the network possible. Support starts at three bucks a month. Comes with some pretty fun perks. You can find out more info at patreon.com slash studio DNA. Lots of ways to connect with the podcast uh, through SoundCloud, Twitter. You can uh, leave comments at uh, Apple. What's it called now? Apple Music? Yeah. Apple Music? I think Not so. iTunes? No. But it's iTunes. Or email us at feedback at siftpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably enjoy it too. So let them know about it and that listening is much easier than interpreting an Aronofsky film. Spoiler chat for this week's movie should be up next in your podcast feed. And we'll see you back next week for the Kingsman sequel. See you then. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.